Welcome to the 14th episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X. Actually, this, is, this isn't this is going to be a full episode. It's going to be myself and Mr. Brooks here because we're announcing a change. We are no longer going to be posting our podcast on Wednesday. It's going to be on Friday. Friday. Thank God it's Friday. That's right. Friday night. Friday. So... We didn't want to. We didn't want to leave our normal podcasters um, hanging there, looking for us on a Wednesday afternoon. So we're just gonna. We're just doing this quick one, and as of a couple of days, I'm going to have the information updated. You know, and like you know, thank you for all the for all the listeners and everyone that has been tuning into Born in Trouble or have been picking us up over time. We're actually doing quite well, and I appreciate that really. So give yourselves a round of applause. Rob, stop shaking your head there. Me and Rob aren't in the same place, but he could see me on the Zoom meeting, and you know you can't give me special effects, bro. I know. We got to get you some other toys, bro. Get- <laughs> <laughs> you know, clearly, uh, it's funny, you, you, we, beforehand, we rap a little bit beforehand, because, you know, but of I haven't course. talked to the brother in a couple of days, and course. one of the things you talked about is people are clearly getting cagey with this COVID, and... I can see by the way you play with those buttons. You get in cage oh, by the COVID. <laughs> oh man, right. You know, you're you're right on point there. A round of applause for that one. Just a little bit cage. We had the you know, we you guys got it a little bit worse than us with the snow, but what's bad anyway, you slice it. And um the snow definitely doesn't help COVID. It's like COVID is COVID and the snow, they're kind of the same thing. It's not so much that you necessarily want to go out or want to hang out. It's just the fact that the impediment is there in case you decided to. Yeah, I'm not sure that I feel that way about it, but okay. Okay, well. I was, I was kind of loving it at home. Like, I, I got to tell you, I went, I had a game Sunday. Mm-hmm. I went out afterwards. I grabbed a bunch of food, stocked up. I was like, if I'm lucky, I won't, I won't be able to leave this place till Wednesday. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> You know, I'm home. There ain't no place to go. Let's do it. Let's, you know, now I got to, like, I feel like this gave me an excuse that COVID, you know, with COVID, you, oh man, I can't like the snow. It's not even that I can't. It's just a bother. It's nature. I, I thought about going out to shovel the snow out of my, away from my car. Mm-hmm. Thought it didn't last very long. <laughs> it didn't last very long. Well, like I, looked at it, I thought like, and then I had to get dressed and, you know, then I have to get warm. And then after like, I, there's no, there's no place that I need to go to like that. Well, you, you've obviously handled it a lot, a lot better than I am. I was a little bit cagey and like stir crazy yesterday, so it's like I started my day by going jumping on Facebook and posting quotes from famous writers throughout time who have dealt with snowstorms and blizzards. But actually, I didn't focus on your normal guys like William Shakespeare or. D.H. Lawrence for some of you people, or maybe even um, Iceberg, you know, uh, Slim. Iceberg Slim. Right. That's another good example. You know, not nothing with the, but, uh, you know, I touched on that realm. So, for example, I started with, a, and I, you know, a lot of these people that I was quoting yesterday, they didn't really get their doing. Most of that was because of a more successful sibling. So I started with the first quote from, one of my favorites, and that quote was, to shovel now or not to shovel, that is the question. Ron Shakespeare. 
Ron Shakespeare. Ron Shakespeare. Most people don't know Ron. He's like the less familiar brother of the famous, of course, William Shakespeare, who brought us many, many, many great works of works of art. Um, you know, from the Bard, Romeo and Juliet. Um, Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night. You know, Henry VIII. Merchant in Venice. The Merchant Othello. of Venice. Othello. Yes. Taming of the Shrew. Leaving Ron nothing but to bask in his brother's shadow. And I think that it was good that because of the snow, I got to pull out one of Ron's more less, well, less known quotes, but something that really like resonated for the time. Because when you have a snowstorm like that, you don't know. Do you shovel now? Do you wait until it's all over with? There's two different trains of thought with that. If you go out and you shovel right away, it's just going to keep coming down. It's not going to stop it. Shoveling your driveway doesn't stop the snow. You know, they didn't really include him. And maybe that's maybe it's for the better that way. Um, the Shakespeare Theater, mm-hmm. I believe in Avon, whatever, uh, actually is closed, has closed during this pandemic period. And they're, they're afraid that they're never going to come back. But you, it's a place where you could go. Shakespeare had actually put on performance, put on plays here. Mm-hmm. And now they continue to, to do his work there. And they closed. But they didn't mention Ron there. Well, they should maybe that's why. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why they're, they're closing. If they had, you know. I added another dimension to it. Maybe they'd have survived the COVID period. He's more, he's more of a populist writer, you know, whereas, and he's very, a lot easier, a lot more easier. And then I, and then I came up, I came across another one later on in the day. Of course it was later on in the day. Yes. It's, it's, it's by the, by the brother of another famous scion, one of America's great writers of, of the times. And you tell me, listen to this, listen to this prose. And you tell me, whether or not you can figure out whose brother wrote this. And as he gazed at the driveway, soon to be covered once more in the white dust of nature's frozen entitlement, remembering the bottle of fine whiskey stashed inside of his satchel, next to his memoirs and drawings of the beautiful young woman, met on the Rue Jardin, that resembled stick figurines everywhere except for an imagination which were, in his imagination, which were still flush with memories of her. He realized he was far away from that debauched night as his shovel was far from, as far, I'm sorry, it's, the words are so beautiful, it just, it, it just always like chokes me And, and whose brother is that? Well, I'm not, I have to finish the quote first. Okay, Rob. you have Be to patient. finish the quote first. I'm, to, <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to finish it. <laughs> He realized he was as far away from that debauched night as his shovel was from completing its final task because the damn snow was hours away from completion while his night with her was over long ago. Whose brother do you think wrote that? Yeah, I'm at a loss right now. I don't, is there, is there a strong family resemblance in the writing? I, I would think so. I would think yeah. so. It was actually written by Jesus Hemingway, the half Mexican brother of no other than the great writer Ernest and Jesus. That's correct. Those, those, those are the brothers. That's correct. How do you think that he knew all about Cuba? Because he had traveled there from time to time. I guess it was like the court had ordered that they were to spend time together. So it's like he did know Jesus Hemingway. There was a little bit. Different. You can see Jesus is a little bit more um, 
expressive with his words. So this is his Grapes of Wrath, his um, great piece of work. And it's important that we acknowledge these people. Grapes of Wrath of Steinbeck. Listen, Rob, I'm not here. I'm not nitpicking, I'm not nitpicking here. I'm not here to nitpick. You know, you, I'm just listen. This is this is like this is a cultural black podcast. Most people don't they don't care. We don't care, bro. If it's not Tony Morrison, it's not really relevant. Let's be honest. Well, you know, I, I, there's some degree in truth in that, and you know, Iceberg Slim, baby. It's all about it's all about accuracy. That's all. Okay, well, you know, I think it's accurate that Ernest never had his day <laughs> in the sun. Is that better? Is that a little bit better as a reference? You know, so right. you know, this is what this is what I've come down to in my, you know, while dealing with my snow and, you know, I just I'm just I'm just grateful to allow other people to enjoy their works as much as I do. Well, you you've always been the sharing kind. Yes. You've always been the sharing kind. That's what I do, so bro. That's, you know, if you'll allow me a moment, I'd like to do a little public service announcement. Sure, Rob. Sure. Um, I, I read in a local newspaper today that there are, there is a shortage of testing supplies for STDs. Mm. They said that during this COVID period, people are still having rather risky, risky sex. That's... But there's a shortage of testing supplies, so people may not be finding out that they've... Uh, They've rolled craps mm. last time they threw that thing out there. Well, that's that's um, equal so, parts good and not good, or maybe not equal so parts please, good. Please be careful, people. Please be careful. Please be Just, careful. Please be careful. I, I know. I know you're going to do it because we got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do it. Just be careful. Wrap it up. It's necessary. Exactly. Wrap yeah. it up. I don't know, Rob. That's equal parts good and bad there. Wait, know, wait, where's where's the good in that? That people aren't finding out and continuing. Not it. Like, they doing you, it. You <laughs> like you have seen. I mean, you 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 and I went to high school together. Mm-hmm. We saw, you know, the effect of one, you know, one person who was unaware of of the fact that they were contaminated tearing through whole communities. <laughs> <laughs> but we like, never spoke about know, it publicly, though. Right? <laughs> no, we never spoke about it publicly. But you know, there were there were dudes. Going into the clinic and giving each other pounds, like, oh, you too? Yeah. Hi, dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's deep. You know, I always passed up those meals. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, you know I was never going to be the caboose in anybody's train. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and it kept me away from a couple clinics, apparently. Well, I, I think that for a lot of people, youth is defined by risky sex. And what's more risky than STDs and now COVID? That's like super, like, you know, if you're going to roll the dice, you know, you're going to make it exciting. Nothing more exciting than that. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess that's the, the, the further evidence that I'm old now. I'm like, yeah. yeah, those two things I don't need. Well, I mean, you're not that old. You're, you're, you're about the same age as, we're about the same age as Marilyn Manson, around his age, and we see that he's making the news with his sexual exploits from years ago. I don't see why we can't talk about yours, Rob. <laughs> they're not—they're not, not his current sexual proclivities. We don't think they, these are these are uh, things in the past, right? Is he st- uh, or is he still dreaming about setting women on fire? I mean, I don't know. We haven't—I don't hang out with them. You know what? He, you know, and he hasn't much. said. And you know what? Good for him. Yeah, but you know, not good for. Did you see what happened? Did you actually hear about that? No. The um, actress, the one that's in the HBO series uh, Westworld. 
the yeah. lead actress there. She she used to date him. Um, she's a famous she's a famous woman. I have to. I remember it'll come back to me. But she says that it, it, she, it's not Tandy Newton, so I don't care. Uh, well, that's good. that's a Tandy <laughs> shout out. Wow. So, um, you know, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, he just uh, throw me off. Dogs start barking after that when I don't know what to say for him. It's like, that was very good sound effects. You're worried about my, that's what you're worried about. And you're making like actual noises. But no, she said that he did like a lot of like things to her, you know, like tied her up, um, made her show her fealty to him in certain ways. I won't get descriptive. Okay. I won't get too descriptive with it. The thing that struck me is that I don't understand. You know, and they say that she said that he, she, he abused her, and I definitely believe it. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, really, look at the motherfucker. Look at Marilyn Manson. But my thought process is, before you went and hung out with Marilyn Manson, look at the motherfucker. What do you think was going to happen? What do you think he was going to do? He was going to. Did you expect to go over Marilyn Manson's house and like have a candlelight dinner with with a glass or a bottle of champagne and everything? And he's going to sweep you off his feet with the roses and everything. Nah, this is the dude that like, you know, bought chicks to the Academy Awards shows and nets. What was her name? Uh, the Graham chick, Heather Graham. She's wearing a net. Basically. A fishing net. She could have hooked anything she wanted that night. And she hooked a Marilyn Manson. So, well, you know, unfortunately, talent sometimes, many times, aphrodisiac. Mm-hmm. The brother's talented. Mm-hmm. You know, and he might be a slayer. He might have a big wee wee. We don't know. Well, you know, but that that wasn't what that was, that never even came up, you know, but bondage and S&M and things like that did, you know, but. Look at Marilyn Manson. Like, is anybody, should anyone really be surprised by this? Or should anyone really be upset by it? That's like really the, the actual question. Why well, are you I, upset? I, I think, that? you know, the larger question is, you know, why did she let him get away with this? Like, nobody can abuse you without your permission. Right. And that's really. You're, you mean the guy, oh, my God, shocking or yeah. the guy who, like, who like, worships Satan sexually abused me. The one who gives his dates collars as he brings them, leads them around. And he's like, you know, now, oh, that hurt. It hurt. What, he didn't tell you a safe word? You know, these are these are things that she walked into. It, it was probably an unpronounceable safe word like Mitzel flick backwards. <laughs> Yeah. How do you say that? Uh, you know, as many times as I've seen the, that episode of the Super Friends, I still can't say it. Yeah. Clip, clip, well, yeah. Yeah. He's just here. He's just running shit. Okay, Mitzel Plick. I just want to be down with you. I can't pronounce your name back. I can't pronounce it. Can't I'm pronounce just here in this shit. alternate dimension forever now. That's it. We we cool. We chilling. But, like, she was really in an alternate. And, you know, the excuse is always it's the same thing or the reason. I won't say excuse. The reason is the same thing. It's like she says she was 18 years old and or 19 years old when she first started dating him, impressionable and all that other stuff. And and that's understandable. But she was 19 years old and impressionable and she's hanging out with Marilyn Manson, a goth, you know, legend, God, whatever, at that time. If you want to. I want to. I, let me just erase that. He's not a god. You know, he's not. He's just like a 
he's just a man, but some people might have seen him as godlike. Right. And the godlike figure in that in that arena in his particular milieu. I mean, he was Mar- Marilyn Manson was very popular. Unfortunately, you know, too many of too many of us, period. I, I won't say women, I won't say men, I'll just say too many of us at 18, 19 have a lot of bad ideas and a self-esteem that um, you know, would have a hard time knocking over a little uh chihuahua puppy. And so yep. that she got overtaken, uh, hornswoggled and swindled by this dude. It's unfortunate. Um, you know, hopefully well, he's old now. Like, he's, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's still able to charm the pants off of 18 year olds. I, I doubt if, that. It was Evan if, Rachel if Wood. Is. That was her name. Evan Rachel okay. Wood. And I actually like her on that show. I think she's great on that show. My, my whole thing is I'm sure it was a terrible experience. There's no doubt in that. But I'm, I just wonder when it stops, like, where people, where we get to hear about everybody's bad choices as a young child. Nobody wants to hear about my bad choices as a, as a young person, you know, 19, 20 years old and everything. But you're of age, you know, so. Yeah, in theory, you're, you're old enough to know better. But at the same time, those of us who have been that age and then gotten past it realize no, you're really not old enough to know better at that point. <laughs> That's true. You are yeah. ju- you are just dumb enough at that point to do just about anything. Right. You think you're into it, but you just don't you you're really not into it. Yeah, you know. you're really not. Like you that's that's why they let you join the army at 18, but you can't drink until you're 21. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, cuz you might drink and you're going back to with where they have firearms. Yeah. You know, even though that doesn't matter today. You know, firearms a different conversation. But yeah, I'm I mean, I feel I feel Are like you trained to shoot, by the way. I I know how to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trained Okay. To a certain extent, yes. Okay. You know, I don't like talking about guns and firearms and all that different stuff. And it's not so much that it's for different reasons than most people. You know, we, we've known each other for a long time. And my, my, I was always taught in my home, you don't pull out a gun on someone unless you're going to use it. And then after using it, all of the rest of the stuff gets a lot more sketchy. And then, and also it comes down to people, they, they put their guns online and all this different stuff and everything, but that don't mean shit. It's like pulling out your dick, you know, a dick contest and everything. I know I'm probably going to win, but I'm not interested in even having a contest until it's time. When it's time, it's time. So I, And then it's not a contest, it's survival. It's survival. They, these people, they look at it different. It's like they don't understand that some of us have been living with this shit pretty much our entire lives one way or the other, one form or the other. And it's like, it's not really a game. Y'all think it's a game. Yeah, I've been joking about this shit for a long time. When you grow up in a neighborhood and you're surrounded by, you're surrounded by some people that like you and others that just don't, you're ready. So. Didn't. There's not really much else to say to that. We were kind of talking about that earlier in the day, too. It just is. It is what it is. Nobody's going to feel any way they want to feel about that shit. Nobody really stressing you. Yeah. You know, so. I was was just wondering, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, All the things we've talked about a lot over the years. It's never, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, you remember that. You remember when I you remember when I split my uh, when I split my uh, my uh, finger there, firing the thing. Ah, you know, back yeah. Back in the day, you know, and that was like probably thirteen, fourteen years old. Mm. So, you know, we don't we just certain things that I just don't feel like it's worth it to talk about. Mm. It's just like you're just gonna devolve. I don't. It's like fighting. Usually the person that's talking about fighting the most is the one that's getting his teeth knocked out because mm-hmm. he's too busy running his mouth. So I try to avoid all conversation and um, all conversation that involves anything about confrontation. So it may, it's good and it's bad. But we just build off of that. Yeah, that got, that got like, you know, very dark very quickly because I don't really like, like the con- I really don't like the topic. Yeah, like you can put you can cut it all out if you want. Yeah, I, I may have to. You know, yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> I may have to because I see a lot of these brothers, and it's just like I see a lot of people talking about firearms these days, mm-hmm. and like you know, we know what's going on in this world, especially black people that are aware and alert. We know what's going on in this world. We see what's happening with with these people, these insurrectionists, and people that are supporting the insurrectionists. And a lot of us know that they're not they're not going away. They're just building towards the next thing. And with them building towards the next thing, you can fall asleep. You can be rocked asleep if you want to be. But you better stay vigilant because all that means is all the quiet means is that it could happen at any moment. It could happen at any moment. Now, there's two trains of thought with that. You can live your life thinking about that shit and everything. But that's not something that we do because to a certain extent, as black people living in America, we already do that. Yeah. So there's not really anything extra. If you're already on point, there's not really anything extra that needs to be added to that. You just get up and you go about your life and you see what happens. But we know that there are more things that are coming down the pike because a lot of these people, they're still mad. I saw they were a couple of the insurrectionists that they arrested the other day. These motherfuckers didn't even vote. They didn't even See, vote. Now, now that right there should get them an extra five years. <laughs> it should. Seriously. Seriously. Because you, you there protesting because something was stolen from you. You claim something was stolen. You didn't even participate. So you don't even, you're not even a stakeholder. No. no. So what was stolen from you? Nothing. Just, there, just the, the thought process that they are always going to get that rubber stamp. Maybe, maybe, maybe the message should be you put them all in a room and say, if all of you knuckleheads had voted, maybe mm. you wouldn't be in this maybe, position. Maybe you wouldn't be in this. Yeah, but they don't. They don't get that concept. The concept well, just like shit's rigged. Everything is rigged. Yeah, you rigging it. You rigging it by staying at home. You're rigging it. You know, politics is like I. I try to stay away from politics as much as possible in this blog. You know, or in this kind. Of, I say I keep saying blog or whatever in this podcast. I try to I try to stay away from it as much as possible and try to do things that are that are actually relevant to people because when you talk about politics people forget that politicians are politicians are just the people that's what you do you run for office but government is the actual job and from government down everything that we do is are the things that affect our lifestyle you know, we don't. I don't wake up in the morning and think about. It. I wonder what my congressman is doing this morning. He's a pretty cool, cool dude. I've seen him around. I know what he's doing, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, 
there are, everyone has different ideas about what the, what this is. And I just don't understand the whole philosophy of living your life in politics, living your whole thought process in politics. And that's what we have with a lot of people. A lot of people are, are convinced that they got to see in English in 1984 because their fucking politician was a Democrat. And this was like the, it's like, it's, it's really not that important. You know, it really isn't. And watching politics now is like, it's the most interesting time pretty much ever because I see the Republicans. Republicans have always traditionally, they work together so well. They are like lockstep, like so well. They may disagree with each other. They may even be like plotting to run people against other people, other members of their own caucus behind their back. But when it's time for them to vote, they stick it. They stick together. They stay together. And at the same time, within that party, you have a lot of Republicans that are running for the door because they see what's going on and they see a lot of these elements that they don't associate with and that they're frankly scared of. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Because it's not their lifestyle. It's not the, this is not what they, a lot of people didn't sign up for it. They didn't, they didn't sign up for white supremacy and everything that comes along with it. They didn't sign up for brutality during the course of their day. Yeah, they're okay with whatever happens. They may be okay with what happens in certain places, but they don't want to they don't want to live in a society in a place where people are just getting like shot and beat at, beat on and stuff like that where women can be raped and there's no recourse and they just don't want to see it. And to see these people try to straddle this fence and usually what what I'm seeing happening is they just wake up one day and they're going to the stream and they're saying I'm leaving and I'm going to the Democratic Party. And Democratic Party is like really actually very centrist. It's really like Democratic Party is really actually what Republicans used to be, except for you take out AOC. Um, you take out a couple of other congressmen that were elected to represent their district. Mm-hmm. The same way you have these like weird people, that little short girl. And everything who's like threatening everybody with guns in Congress, she's an extreme. She's an extreme like white supremacist for real. And a chick like that has to carry a gun because somebody will beat her ass. And that's what that comes down to. But these are the people that are moving, that are trying to move towards the mainstream. And there's a lot of talk as to whether or not the Republicans are going to be able to stay. Join a Democratic Party or start a third party completely and totally. And I think that's, I think it's good. I think we have always needed a third party. But the way that it's coming about is, woo. Yeah, the, the, the ground for them to stake out, there's not a ton of, like, you know, are they going to be like, hey, we're the Republicans without the religious right and the white supremacists? Mm. Like, there's, there's there's not enough of them right to sort of create a winning coalition there so then you push a little bit towards the center okay but that's democratic territory so you either got to push the democrats further left mm-hmm. a lot of people think that's being you know the bernie sanders aoc uh warren 
um, the squad, like they're all further left, mm-hmm. you know, so you either try to push the Democrats further left so you can stake out that middle ground yourself, or you're really just kind of floating in no man's land. You really are. You either have to go with it. You've either got to be an extreme mm-hmm. or, you know, what the extreme labels as a traitor. There really isn't any, there really isn't for a lot of them. They have to push back against us. Some of them are pushing back and they're fighting that whole Liz Cheney thing. You know, even though I don't, I try not to talk about politics, I do follow a lot of that stuff because I find it interesting. You know, you have the Cheneys and the Bushes who were a different type of conservative than, than this guy. They were, they were bad enough at certain points, but these guys are like completely and totally extreme. And they're not, they're not the brightest bulbs in the fucking, they're not the brightest bulbs in the box at all. And they don't care about that. And unfortunately, I think that's the only thing that can really solve this because it's really intelligent conversation. But who's going to talk for these guys? Now, and also, you know, the, 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 like to get, even put up by the party, like the extreme wings of each party are running it to some degree, like in the, in the, um, I'm having a, I'm having a brain freeze here. Not the, not the general election, but in the, um, in the, um, run up the primaries in the primaries. Yeah. Okay. In the primaries, that's all run by the, by the hardcores of the party. So you have to be extreme to win the primary, right. but then that leaves you unelectable in a lot of places. In general election. Yeah. And this is what, to a certain extent, this is what they're really counting on. They're banking on this being like, look, there's no way we can possibly win an election. Let's grab our guns and start this war Mm -hmm. because these people don't like us. And it's not that people don't like us. We don't like yous. And some of yous is okay, but we definitely don't like yous. We're not fucking with you because you're not fucking with us. We don't like some of your ideas. Like, I'm indifferent about you. Is there some of your ideas I, I could do without? Well, and some of that energy you bring to the room, uh, not so much. Yeah, the energy the energy with the ideas in, is a non-starter. You look at a lot of these people, it's they, they want to argue. They want to they argue with you online. I'm just not, I'm not, I don't have to spend my time arguing with you online. Like, what makes you think that I have to do that? I don't want to do that. It's It's not productive. There's nothing productive in there. And you you look at these, um, the situation that we're in right now with Congress, with the president, with the all these different, it's like everything is just out of fucking whack. And none of it makes any sense because really, if you really want to be honest about it, you need to break this whole shit up and start from scratch in a lot of ways. You got to start. Well, I mean, you can't reform some of these systems no. into the 21st century. Like you have to, you have to break them and start them over again. Right, and that's the scary part. That's the part that they don't want to discuss, and that's what worries me because they don't really, people don't really actually realize it's not so much that these people on the left are wrong or that these people on the far right are wrong. It's that you're both wrong because the answers that you're looking for it's it doesn't fit the situation so you have to kind of rebuild everything and nobody wants to have that conversation because if you rebuild everything then there's no possible way you're going to be able to put the cheats in that you had in the old system but the cheats don't work anymore because 
the jobs that allowed you to fucking cheat, the economy that existed that allowed you to cheat doesn't exist. It just doesn't. It doesn't promote. The system that we have now, it doesn't promote kickbacks and payoffs and, you know, no-show jobs and things of that nature. It's like that shit does, it doesn't allow for it as much as it did. It doesn't allow for it as much because there's too much information out there. Way you too know, much. They, it's too hard to just slide, let that stuff slide under the, under the radar before somebody finds out, before somebody catches you sleeping on the job, not, not being where you're supposed to. And, that's, and all that other stuff. Yeah, and not to mention the fact that you've allowed these corporations to globalize everything and the people that the people that actually run your neighborhood don't live in your neighborhood and they're not they're not even tied to your country to a certain extent. If you really want to like complain about what's going on at your local food lion or um or ShopRite, whatever store it is, wherever you are across the country and everything, you really want to cause a problem and everything, that's fine. They can just sell it to somebody else from another country and shit and go like sell their groceries elsewhere. It's like this is the system that we have built is way too dependent upon other things and other people that are not tied into the well-being of people in this country. And until you rectify that, you know, white man ain't getting no respect. Black man ain't getting no respect. Brown man ain't getting no respect. Ain't none of y'all motherfuckers getting no respect. One percent's getting respect. And that's it. This shit is money-based. Until you motherfuckers wake up and recognize this is money. Money and power. If you're in the police and you're in that system, the reason what empowers you to be in that system is the money. The corporations, they empower you to be in that system and in that and, and doing those things because they know that you will keep everybody else in line. But there, there's a limit to that as well. So you can't feed everybody. So in the next 20, 30, 40 years, even that shit's going to get chopped off some. Hell, they got, they've got cars that drive themselves you think they're not going to be able to come up with police systems? We watch RoboCop. They're doing that shit right now. They're trying. Are you fucking kidding me? You're so stupid that you don't see that they're trying to get rid of you too? It's like people are just dumb. They're just lost. I was reading something about AI this week. And how once AI gets to a certain point, men will not be able to control it. It will be smarter than you. So you take all these computerized systems that you're setting up and all these different things that you're doing for technology. Go ahead, have your donut. Don't fucking do any investigating. Don't learn how to actually be a detective any longer. Just go on Facebook and let these motherfuckers tell on themselves. And you can actually be a great detective today just following Facebook. Oh, yeah. So you think that AI isn't capable of doing that? Did you see that dude in California? He got busted. He got busted because of a live stream. Like he was live streaming. I'm not sure which platform he was live streaming on, but a neighbor called the cops like, yo, this is guy on his live stream. He's walking around with a gun. There are two bodies on the ground that aren't moving. Like we think he may have killed somebody in there. Right. Sure enough, the cops showed up. He killed two women in his apartment. Wow. Like what part of the game? Hold on himself. Yeah. <laughs> what, what point did he decide he had to live stream that? What Tell part of the game is that? 
like seriously, what part of the game is that? It's like people are so like they're so enamored with this with this like social media that they even want to go out on social media. They want everybody to see what they did and then they die and then everybody forgot about you because they're on to the next video and everything. So are you immortal? Are you not immortal? It's like, it's just the, the psychology of people is just all fucking crazy right now. Yeah, it's all we're, we're mixed the brainwashing up. that they're getting from the very earliest days is leading them there. It's leading them there. It's leading us all someplace. Like, you know, what are we, what is there to do about that? You know, I'm, I'm not sure, but these conversations that we need to have about the economy, about changing things up, People are, they are afraid of something like a basic income and a basic income is like pretty much one of the only things that are going to help and save humanity at this point in time. It's not, it's not even a matter of whether it's a choice. It's actually, it's a necessity at this point for many people. We need to have the actual conversation. We've had Winston on here who's talked about eugenics and Bill Gates rolling eugenics and population control. But, you know, we have to ask ourselves, is that an actual thing? Is that, is, does, does it have any merit? Does eugenics have any merit? Does it have any merit to limit the number of people that we have in this country or that we have anywhere in the world? Are we going to destroy this planet? What are, are we, are we interested in being a species on this planet, controlling it? What is the, what's the ultimate goal here? What's the end game? Uh, I don't think there is an end game. Most people don't have an end game in mind. They're just following. They're just riding the wave, never checking, never, 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 never check. Like, you know what? That's a good offshoot right there. Like that might be a better direction to go. Most people aren't checking their, checking their options. They're just riding the wave. Well, the we are going to outpopulate the planet. We can't, it's, a, it's the numbers are unsustainable now in many areas mm-hmm. in terms of feeding them water. Um, let's not even get into the, the basic economics of America's quote unquote free market system in which, you know, there's very little free. Right. Yeah. And it's very little, very little market. <laughs> and we learned that last week. Yes, we did. You know, continuing to learn that continuing. I just, I, every time I see that now this, now they're, they've moved on to silver. Um, so the, 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 the silver is now the thing that they're propping up. Um, you know, the crazy thing is they stuck it to the hedge funders. The, the underlying fundamentals of GameStop are bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like they pick sort of the worst example of a company like, oh, no, we're going we're gonna to rescue GameStop. Like, the fundamentals of GameStop are bad. Like, there's a reason that GameStop, they were shorting GameStop. Well, basically, what, what that shows me is that, and the unspoken part about it is that mm. it was always a setup for somebody to get paid. Somebody came up with this idea, and whoever comes up with it first is the one who wins. So it was one smart guy who saw them hedging on that, saw when it was at $34 a stock. What was it? 62 62 was the lowest, I think it was. Maybe 34 Maybe that's somebody's position that they were telling me about, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, And said, hey, look, I'm going to see if I can use social media to make a mint. And they did. And he, he ran it up. See if I get some sheep to follow me. See if I get sheep to follow me, and at the same time, stick it to the man. And at, you know what? At the same and at the same time, let's expose what they do. Let's expose these cats. I'm going to make this money, and let's expose these cats while we're at it, and everything. So, is it is anything ever completely and totally altruistic? 
But as far as like you know, ways of making money and fucked up things to do, there's there are worse things you could put on your list. Oh, there, than are, that. there are far worse ways to make money. You know, there those dudes. I give them the thumbs up, but at the same time, it just exposes how fundamentally flawed our markets are. Yes, and how they continue. Well, now they're trying to put different. They're trying to put different uh, blocks in place, and that's what Robinhood is all about. Well, yeah, but they're putting blocks in place on the people on the little people not the people who've been manipulating it the 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 manipulation that has been going on before this they're fine with that that's okay this manipulation it's acceptable that's 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 not it's we got to put a stop to that we can't let them do that anymore yeah it's the other stuff that they were doing that's completely and totally okay but you can't let these little guys get this money because if you do that then you know the whole world will be turned upside down I thought I still like applaud those guys. I think that it was a great play. I'm gonna look. See, I thought you thought I forgot about it, but I had to give you a quick one. I know there's no shot. Had to work on that thing. (laughs) Well, that's good. That means you know you you know well. (laughs) That means you know well. But um, they what they did was that what I did what they did was a great play. You know, and people need to be paying more attention to how the how they're actually pulling those plays back. It brought a lot of conversation to it. It brought a lot of conversation about investing and investing while black. Um, I was actually watching CNBC this morning, and they actually did a they actually did a segment on it, stating that fifty percent of the stock market is owned by the one percent. That's just Jeff Bezos and about ten other people, and then the other part of the markets they broke down what the share was. And part of that breakdown was the amount of blacks and Latinos and other people that actually have a piece in the market. And they said, and with the caveat that they've got to go and they've got to make sure that these people are protected and looked out for. So anytime someone who's never tried to look out for me starts to tell me that he needs to look out for me, I know it's bullshit. <laughs> so I'm looking at these people and they were giving these segments and they had that little sly smile at the corner like we're gonna do the segment now and in two weeks we're gonna laugh about this shit like <laughs> at the top of our lungs like ha ah, because we know we're not helping these motherfuckers do anything because this is what it this is the reason why we have this you can get here you can get here but you're not supposed to even be playing over here mm-hmm. and if you do they're gonna figure out ways to try to stop you and that's what robin hood did Got that guy got that tap on the shoulder, got that phone call, he shut it down. You know, in a lot of other places. And they manipulated those stocks back down and under control. And now when they I'm sure when they do a leverage buyout, they're they're probably gonna put in new laws that allow it to be so hush hush that no one can ever find out who's in what position. That's how they're gonna handle this. They're gonna make sure that that information about who's leveraging what doesn't get out ever, ever. That's where we are in American economics. We're at a place where you can't get a loan to build a business, where we're at a place where you can't, as a small business, you can't survive. And if you try to get into the stock market and you make a play, you encroach upon their territory, they're going to squash you like a bug. And I think that the most, I think the part that really pissed them off, as I thought about it a little bit more, I think the part that really pisses them off the most is that 
whoever engineered this whole GameStop thing, they can't squash them like a bug. If anything, you got to welcome into them into the country club, you know, because we got enough money now. That's for the person who engineered it. And they know who did it. They know who it was. They know who mm-hmm. benefited the most from that shit. The numbers are in. Yeah. They know. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. But somebody got paid. Sold that shit at 500 Woo. God bless you. Bought it at what, 17? 17, somewhere around there. That's like the hit of a lifetime. Yeah, oh my dog. gosh. You see on the internet, everyone's trying to repeat it. You can't repeat that. You no. know, you have to understand exactly what the aspects and everything that went into it. And then once you understand that, you realize how difficult and how smooth of a play it actually was. But you have to have that inside information. And not inside information like illegal information, because they got so complacent. That's the whole point. They're so fucking arrogant that they don't even care. They didn't even care who knew that they were hedging this and that and this. It's like it's a yeah. big joke. These guys, they laugh about it. They smile and they joke about it. So it's like they got smacked for their complacency. That's about it. Now they'll tighten up their game and things will get back to normal. Everyone that open up accounts, they'll stop investing in them. And then what's going to happen next? The next thing is going to be someone's going to come up and they're going to make another play. And they're going to say the same thing. It's going to be another company like GameStop that's supposedly going down and they're going to tell everyone to invest in it. And they're going to drop it a lot faster. They're just going to make people lose money. They're just going to make you lose money. You're going to invest in it, and someone's going to buy it all at the top, and everyone's going to lose this. They're going to engineer it. They're going to reverse engineer it for all the people that made money in the last one. Mm-hmm. That's the way the man does. The man gets you. He gets you with your greed and gets you exactly the same way. That money, because they know it's like, you know, you're like hot. You know, you're hot. It's like, you know, you're in Vegas right now. You're at the table and like, you know. You got a hot hand. You rolling. Can throw them dice down there again. That's right. You want to take that money, you want to put it back in there. Let it ride. Let it ride. So they go I always remind people rides. they don't build big casinos because people win money all the time. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Building ain't that big because they lose their shirt every day. Exactly. You know, some of that gordy shit. They build it to toss it out because they know once <laughs> it's been used, it's been used completely. Mm. So they're good. <laughs> they're making. They're gonna make their money no matter what. That's like a, a word of caution. You know, I was talking. I was talking to my girl today, and I was like, "Yo, you know, my mama used to always tell me, don't let that money burn a hole in your pocket. Got to keep that. Hold yep. on to that. Don't be so quick to jump on. To jump on, like you said, silver. Another person said gold. If you if you don't follow the markets, you don't know that gold." like flopped as soon as Biden won the presidency because all the talk of insurrection was less likely. Less likely there's going to be a civil war, less likely you're going to need those gold bars or those gold chairs that you have and everything because things are going to go back to normal. And if you think about how crazy that whole thought process (laughs) is, you know, the fact that gold drops because there's not going to be a civil war, okay, 
there's not going to be a civil war. You don't need the gold right now and everything. So now the very thing that you were invested in, because there was going to be a civil war, has now dropped and plummeted. So you're at a loss. But if you have a civil war or you have an insurrection, how do you think the market is going to survive that? You're only going to keep the elites that have your stock portfolios portfolios in place? How is that going to work? It's like, have do they have these semantics worked out? You know, do you understand what an actual takeover of the government entails? Well, it's much like a dog chasing a car. I have no idea what it's going to do when it gets it. Mm, just chasing it. Just chasing it. Just chasing it. Yeah. It's just, it's just wound up. It's all, it's all energy. I got to get that. Once you get it, you won't figure it out. You'll just. You'll just like, you'll just bark and pee on the thing. Just bark and then walk you, away from you it. You know, if you're, if you're lucky, you'll, you can pee on a, on a tire if you're not like too worn out from chasing it. But then that's pretty much it. That's it. That's all the damage you're doing. They they don't they don't get it. They don't they don't think these th- things through. It's like they've been pushing people to buy gold, and gold went up through the roof for the past like four years. Biden gets elected, the shit drops because it's less likely that you're going to have an insurrection. That that is like so fucking crazy if you think about it. It's absurd. No, it's growing pains in this country called America. We're still a young country. It's absurd, bro. It's absurd. I I don't understand. I just don't. I I just. (sighs) Pains you. Pains you a little bit. Not as much as it did before. But you know what? We've talked for quite a quite a long time, Rob. Yeah, so we're gonna cut it. We're gonna cut it off here because it's uh, it's been a nice like evening. We're gonna cut it short because I'm gonna need you back in a day or so. There you go. I'm around. You know, for the actual episode. Uh, so I'm, I'll be speaking to some of the youth of Brentwood tomorrow. I believe the youth of Brentwood. That's the right, Brentwood. Yeah. What are you doing tomorrow for for our community? Uh, there's a, a group at the high school. I've, I've I don't know many of the details. Uh, mm-hmm. One of a mutual friend. Right. Uh, so they messaged through Facebook and said, hey, you know, I got this group after school, blah, blah, blah. We try to get some alum in to talk to them. Would you be willing to, you know, share a little bit about your journey? Yep. You're a good uh, choice. So that's what I'll be doing tomorrow. You're a good choice. Congratulations, Rob. People look up to you. Hey, tell them the story about that time that we met those girls. <laughs>